Hello, and welcome to another episode of Life After Discard. I am Lauren, your host. I am so thrilled that you're here with me this evening. I am beyond thrilled to introduce my guest to you today. She holds a very special place in my heart. She's actually the one who um, encouraged me to start my own podcast and start my own journey with, with all of this. Um, her name is Alex. She is the host of What the Fuck Was I Thinking? You can find her podcast on Apple, iHeart, Amazon, and iTunes. I think I'm I'm correct. I'm so Spotify honored that she well. Spotify. I knew I was missing something. Um, <laughs> I am so honored that she is here today to share her story and answer some questions about why she started her podcast, why she's on her personal journey. Um, Alex, welcome. I am so glad you're here. You have the floor. Thank you so much for having me on here. I feel honored to be one of your guests, and I'm so glad that I could bring you on this journey. Like I've told you before, you meet so many amazing people going on this journey in life, and it really, it does help. It's a part of the healing process as well, getting to talk and let your story out there and let people know that they're not alone in what they experience in life. You know, the well, yeah, whole thing and with discard. Yep. The discard. And and I will say, and I forgot to say this in the intro, um, with Alex, like the, the main and I did do a blog post about this. So if you read my blog, you'll see that. But the main thing that drew me to you and being on your show and just starting this podcast is what you said to me what when you went through this, something very similar to what I went through. You felt like you didn't really have anyone to speak to about this. You had support, you have your friends, you have your family, but you don't really have that nitty gritty, let's dive into this, why did this happen? And that's what started you on your journey. So if you don't mind, if you could start what you're comfortable with sharing, what made you start your podcast and just talk about what your podcast is about. And yeah, I want to hear your backstory. All right. So the whole idea of my podcast came about um, after I encountered a Facebook page. Don't really want to throw the name out because people are very sensitive on the topic. Um, But, you know, it's a place where women can share our experiences with different men to see if we're dating the same man um, and also to warn other women. Okay, And I had put my ex-boyfriend on there found some things out about him that I didn't want to really find out, but things I already knew. He was a very narcissistic person. Um, Our relationship was very mentally and physically abusive, and it put me in a dark hole for a very long time. And just seeing other women's stories and their experiences with people like that as well kind of made me want to bring this out to light a little bit more. Because I don't know why we're hiding behind this page when we should be talking more openly about this, you know, and a lot of women are afraid to share their experiences. So once I threw out the idea out there and I had so many women in my DMs, like, I would love to share my stories. I would love to share my experience. I think this is awesome, an awesome idea. I'm like, all right, let me run with it. Let's go. Because I think we need a bigger platform besides Facebook to expose things a little bit more and for people to understand that, you know, it's very mentally exhausting dating, you know, in today's times, I feel like is mentally draining. It's 
very discouraging. You know, you get your hopes up thinking that you're meeting the man of your dreams and then come to find out he's a narcissist. And I didn't even know what the term narcissist meant before until I start seeing this and I read other people's experiences and I look more into it. I'm like, wow, I thought I was the only one dealing with someone like this. I thought I was the only one feeling something like this after the relationship, you know? And it's like these people sometimes, because it's not just men, it's women as well, right. um, suck the life out of you that you don't even know yourself anymore. And just starting my podcast and speaking to all, like someone like you, we've had some amazing conversations that we have afterwards, on, like, on and you know off what? camera. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, I feel really good. This makes me feel... Like, I feel like myself again. I feel like I can be open now. I don't have to feel so confined within my own mental space of keeping this all inside. And now I can discuss it with other people who've experienced it. And it's just an amazing feeling that you get after exploring this avenue in life. You're like, wow, we're really not alone. Because a lot of women would tell me, I thought I was alone on this. I thought I was the only one. And I'm like, no, there's... Hundreds and thousands of us out there experience yeah. things like this, but we just don't talk about it enough. Exactly. And and why I felt so safe and so comfortable with you and why I, I was wanting to make sure you were my first guest on here when I decided to start this yeah. was the conversation was on, when I was on your show that this can happen to anyone. And, you know, I know I talk with you a lot about just that idea of shame and just, Mm -hmm. well, wait a minute, like you're a therapist, you you should be able to recognize these things right off the bat. And this happens. And we we really delved into a lot of why this happens to professional people. Well, especially women, you're a business owner, you, you're very much independent. And we, we got into this conversation about why we, how we ended up here and how we were quote unquote targeted, So, you know, I I definitely just appreciate you, your platform and just having me on there. So I I do want to back up a little bit because, you know, you want to talk about your story a little bit. What would you say was your first warning sign of this person being this way, if you had to look back on it? Um, I would say it was actually on our first date that I overlooked something that, you know, we had gone out for drinks. Um, he got there, didn't even buy me a drink, was sitting there already drunk. Already had three uh, drinks by the time I had showed up. And I was only maybe like running five minutes behind. Ordered food, didn't even offer to share anything with me. But I was more like enthralled with the fact that he was who he was physically wise, his pictures, our conversation, you know, and he was just very very charming. He came on to me and I was like, Oh, wow. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God. Like you seem like an amazing guy, but I overlooked those things. I was like, okay, maybe he was nervous. That's why he was having a couple drinks. You know, comes to find out later on, he's an alcoholic. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But it was definitely on the first date where I should have realized that, okay, maybe there's something a little bit off with him because he was very, handsies and touchies you know I think he threw out the word I love you after like two weeks which I was like oh my god that's cute he's saying I love you already and I didn't realize that's what love bombing was yeah 
I had never yeah. been loved bombed before. That was my first time, my first experience. So I'm like, oh, wow, this is different. Maybe this is what the real thing is in life, you know? Right. Right. And, and you and I have had discussions about this before, about where, well, I want to hear from you. Where do you think that idea comes from of the whole idea of, of love bombing? Where, where do you think, where does it happen with us? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, I really think it happens sometimes because us, our generation, I feel mm-hmm. like we did grow up in that Disney princess era looking for our Prince Charming, the man that's going to chase after us, you yep. know, Snow White getting her kiss and all this, all this fancy novelties that we idolized when we were younger. So then when you meet someone like that and they kind of put you like those horses with the blinders. You're like, yep. wow, this is this is exactly like my Disney movie come true. It's finally happening to me because a lot of us have been in other relationships, I feel like, where, you know, we wish that person was like this. We wish that person was this way and we never got it from them. So then when we do finally get it from someone, we kind of just stop thinking for a moment. It's like yeah. our, our minds are in a daze and we're just we're drunk in love at that moment. Like, wow, this is everything I, love, I ever I wanted. That. Yeah. Drunk in love. And, and that's exactly what it is because yeah, it, it definitely feels good. Cause as you know, I, I've, I came on your show and I talk about on my show and my blog about the idea of the Peter Pan and Wendy syndrome of just mm-hmm. that people pleasing and nourishing aspect that we have. And there's parts of that that's good sometimes, but then there's other times where it becomes a problem. And I feel like that's, that that's where it was in in my situation and, and with yours. So mm-hmm. you talk about the red flag the first time, but when did you start seeing that devaluation phase? Like when did you like what were some of the things that he was doing when you were starting to think, oh, this may not be the person I think he is? Is he getting ready to discard me? Um, that actually started happening, I would say about maybe a year into our relationship. I mean, there was a lot of other times, like, I believe it was about a month after we first started dating that he actually berated me one night, called me a hoe and all this stuff. And I chalked it up to him. All right, he's a little intoxicated. I feel like he's had past traumas with women. This is why I always made an excuse for him. Right. On that sense. I was like, oh, he's just, you know, he's he's had bad luck with women. So he thinks I'm probably that same type of person and stuff like that. But I could sense the discard was starting to happen when I found out that he was chatting with other women. And he turned it around and blamed it all on me and said, well, I didn't even want to be with you. This is why I'm doing this. And I'm like, if you didn't want to be with me, why do you still tell me you love me every day? Why are you still coming to my house? Why are you still calling me? If your whole reason of cheating on me was because you didn't even want to be with me from the beginning. I'm like, you're the one that asked me out. You're the one that told me you loved me first. I never even said the word I love you first. You brought it up a month, uh, two weeks within us dating. So it's kind of like, That's when I was sensing, all right, something's up. But at that moment, I was so in love and so involved that I wasn't even realizing that a discard was in the process of happening. 
right. You know, yeah, I was and, more of and trying unfortunately to you don't fight for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no, you go into almost like damage control mode. And, and again, yeah. unfortunately, that's where that people-pleasing mode gets activated of, well, what's going on? Is there something wrong with me? What have I done? What's What are we doing? And unfortunately, we tend to put the blame all on ourselves with these types of relationships instead of it takes time to see it for what it was. For sure. Um, So when you were in that, when you were in that like discard phase, getting ready to happen, like what was going on with you, like physically, mentally? Because I know you've talked to me about this before of just recognizing, okay, something is off. Something doesn't feel right. What do I need to do? So can you kind of talk to our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, when I first started noticing it, honestly, I did feel like I was kind of losing myself because mm-hmm. I was I was in the sense of, oh, my God, I'm in love with this person. This is somebody I thought I was going to marry. I've never wanted to marry anyone in my life. So I just kind of, you know, I did fall into drinking a lot. Um, I just wasn't, I became a very angry person, very bitter towards everyone around me. I, I just... I felt like I was somebody completely different. And it was because my attention was more focused on trying to make the discard not happen, even though it was already in the process. That's, that's, wow, yeah. That's so interesting you say that. Um, Because, again, I had something very similar with the Peter Pan and Wendy Syndrome dynamic. Um, The drinking a lot, the staying out and just partying. Um, Because I think I told you on on your show, like my discard ended up happening because of one evening, which was I was I wanted us to get to bed kind of at a reasonable hour because we had an event the next day. But for him, it was more so important to play darts and drink and this. And again, like you and I said before, there's no issues with that. I I like doing that here and there. But yeah, but the problem is. Um, and, and there's a, um, a man on Instagram, uh, Lee Hammock, I think his name is, he, he is actually a diagnosed narcissist and he, he provoke, um, he puts out a lot of content on Instagram and just is really good about talking about this. He talks about a concept of which I agree with when you're around someone like that, you pick up something called fleas. So basically when you lay with the dirty dog long enough, you get fleas. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you almost start taking on those traits because you don't want the discard to happen. Like for me, it was, well, I don't want to be the person that just goes to bed early. I don't want to be the girlfriend that goes to bed early and causes him to not enjoy his dark game. I I don't want to be that party pooper. Right. So did you find Mm -hmm. yourself that you were doing a lot of those things too? Oh, I was, I would have to be at work, uh, take my kids to school even the next day. And we would be up drinking till like three, four o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. because he wasn't tired and all he wanted to do was have sex all night and drink all night. And I was doing those same things. And that's not who I am, especially now since, you know, I don't have that person in my life like that. I'm like, wow, getting to bed at eight, nine o'clock. This is what feels good. I wake up in the morning happier. Back then I used to wake up in the morning hungover. You know, I would look at myself. I'm like, my face is all puffy from drinking alcohol, from the lack of sleep. I had gained so much weight being with this person. I'm just like, my body is just like, 
throwing out these warning signs. And unfortunately, yeah. I'm just ignoring them because I'm trying to, you know, trying to do whatever I could, like I said, to make this discard not happen. I want to make you happy. What can I make you happy? You know? Right. And it would be like things go really good for a little bit. And then just, cont- it was like an endless cycle. And it's not like he tried to discard me once. He would convince me, okay, I'm going to, we're going to break up. No, I'm going to be back with you. No, we're going to break up. And I'm like, my, you're literally mind fucking me right now Yeah, with this whole situation. I, I, I'm lost. I'm in such a daze at the moment. I'm like, do I continue to make you happy and sacrifice my own physical and mental well-being just for you, just for me to get nothing back in return at the end? You know, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm not doing all this for nothing. I, I'm hoping that at the end of the tunnel, there is a light and we can be together and things will get better. Yeah. But that's all just a, a mirage that they play for you. Yeah. Well, future oh, you faking. Do this, things, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Big future faking. Oh, we'll get married. Oh, I'll marry you if we do this. And I'm like, okay, so if I become a better girlfriend, even though I think I'm a pretty good girlfriend, I do what I need to do. I work hard, take care of my children. I try to do the best I can for you. And I guess like the Wendy syndrome, I was taking care of him, buying him clothes, making sure he was eating. You know, I'm like, oh, are you getting to work on time? Are you making sure you're doing what you need to do? Right. You know, my my empathy was a little too much. Yeah. When it should well, yeah. have been. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, and the thing is, though, and, and what I want people to see is that – Unfortunately, I mean, you were targeted. If if you are a people pleaser and you have a lot of empathy, unfortunately, if you don't have that self-love and you don't have those boundaries, you're targets for people like this. Yeah. You're targets for the Peter Pans. You're targets for the extreme narcissists, like the abusers, the psychopaths. And because it seems to me you were dealing more mm-hmm. kind of on more of the covert end to begin with, but then... I mean, I think you said yeah. it, it kind of escalated a little bit more when he was really starting to get angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it. you know what's crazy is that I don't understand how it happens either because I would never classify myself as that type of woman that I was when I was with him. I was right. always very strong-minded, very, you know, I have that boss mentality that, attitude and like I told you everybody in my family is like what's wrong with you you're not who you normally are and I'm like wow that's right I I don't even recognize myself I went from up here and got knocked all the way down and I don't know if for people like that it's a mental you know they get like a mental high out of doing that to a woman or to a man as well it's just it's mind-boggling to me that something like this can happen and it can happen to such a strong-minded person. Yeah. Well, and that's something why I, again, I love coming on your show. I love what you're doing. And I, I just love this community so much because again, this can happen to anyone. If you don't have that self-love and if you're vulnerable specifically, because loneliness is very much valid and loneliness is an issue, but Mm -hmm if we don't have that, that self-love and that self-reassurance, yeah, you're very much a target for these kind of people, but, but it's hard to recognize in the beginning Mm -hmm. because it feels so good. I mean, love bombing feels amazing. Why it, it, why wouldn't it feel amazing? You know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. 
so and, and I know you and I talked about this before about how uh, based on the book, the body keeps the score. You started paying attention to your body. It's like, well, I don't like being hungover. I, I don't, what are we doing? Are we going to get married? Like what are the actual, what's the actual physical, I sound like an investigator, but what, what's the actual physical evidence yeah. of what's happening that we're moving towards this future here? And like, was mm-hmm. he doing any of that or was it just literally all talk? It was all talk. He, he would always tell me, oh, I'm looking to buy a ring. I'm looking, you know, trying to get my, oh, wow, okay, my hopes up. But then right. as time went on and I saw he was losing job after job, you know, his the, he would always tell me he was a good father. And then me realizing when I saw him with his own child, I was like, wow, you're actually not a good dad. I felt mm. bad that your own son doesn't even call you dad. He was calling you by his by your first name. Wow. I'm like, uh, you know, and he even wanted to have a kid with me. I'm like, wow, thank God that never happened because now I'm really seeing you in a different light. And that's that honestly was making me discard from him. The more yeah. I was seeing things like that. And, you know, the last time I did see him, it honestly felt good because I looked at him and I was like, I don't feel like that anymore. I don't have that love for you. I don't like, you know, I'll always care about you, but I honestly couldn't give two F's about you anymore. Like my, my conscience is clear. My, my physical being is good. Like I don't have any attraction towards you. I'm like everything you ever done. And then I actually sat down and thought about and like processed, especially like on my show, talking about my experience, talking with you. I'm like, wow. There's nothing left there anymore. And yeah. it's not like I'm He called me cold hearted. I'm like, no, I'm not cold hearted. I just oh, don't have any feelings like that anymore about you. Well, I'm like, uh, yeah, you have left well, me. You're either cold hearted, Alex, or you're like me, the villain, which I've got my devil ears on. That's fine. <laughs> at, at some point, you don't care if you're the villain. Um, well, yeah, because like what you were saying, I'm, I'm sure similar to what I said to you on the show, I'm sure you were trying to have conversations with him about, Hey, are we doing this? Are we getting serious? Yeah. Like, what are we doing again? Like with the all night drinking, you know, I, I, I told you with my situation, it, it was, again, I, I'm not here to shame anyone for having hobbies like, like darts, poker, pool, anything. Yeah. It's fun. I, I enjoy that. Like what we were saying as well as the next person. Yeah. But well, mine specifically was, as you know, uh, obsessed with darts. and But hey, that was your passion. I was so supportive of it. We went to competitions. Yeah. I very much was like, hey, I'm so supportive. But at some point, it's like, well, damn, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, does the bullseye to your dartboard need to be your glory hole and me leave? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> so yep. I'm sure you, you kind of felt the same way of just what's happening here. And I'm, I'm so yeah. glad to hear. So you said you saw him recently and so what, we'll talk a little bit about that. I think the listeners need to hear that when you finally reach to that point of, you know, I don't really have anything left to give. Yeah. I mean, he had reached out to me and he was like, Hey, do you want to hang out? I was like, a bit of me was kind of like reverting back to the old way. All right. I, I kind of do want to see you. Hmm. And but it was that moment where we, I looked at him and I was, 
it was such a sense of freedom. And I think I did need to see him because I didn't want there to be that what if, what could have, maybe something could have changed or, you know, I still do really love him. And I felt like I needed just to prove to myself that there was nothing emotionally there anymore. It was kind of like I was discarding him this time. Hey, Uh, you wanted to discard me this whole time? You want to come back, try to tell me you love me again? Sorry. There's, that doesn't exist here anymore. That person you knew during their relationship, that wasn't me and that's not who I am. You're meeting the real me now who is a lot stronger. You know, unfortunately, I had to go through all that. But honestly, I'm such a happier person for, and I feel like a stronger person for going through that experience. I don't wish it upon anyone. No. (laughs) But, you know, in my own sense, you know, I just, it's making me go forward in life now realizing that red flags are real. Green flags are real. You know, yeah. I mean, yellow no flags, wants to be subtle yellow things yellow are flags, real. Beige flags, <laughs> all the colors that they have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's, it's like, and I put it towards, you know, I, I have opened myself up to dating again. And now I have more of a sense of self-respect for myself when I'm talking to somebody or I'm going out on a date. If I see any red flags from like the first moment, bye. I'm not wasting my time again on somebody or, you know, who wants to love bomb me right away. Oh, you're such an amazing girl. You're so beautiful. But get to know the the inside me before we proceed and you trying to love bomb me and all that other extra stuff that doesn't need to be done. Get to know my soul before you get to know me physically. And that actually leads like me to a my... lot of people. Yeah. Oh, and ahead. that leads me to my next segue about, I, I love what you just said, get to know my soul and you and I have had conversations outside of here about that, about that idea of getting back to yourself before this person came into your life, but not all the way back to rose colored glasses, Disney stuff mm-hmm. either. Cause we, you know, we need to be a little more open, but start to, I mean, if you, if you don't mind sharing with the listeners, like what things did you start doing to start healing? I mean, you, you did describe that you were just at your lowest point, your friends and family, didn't recognize you what things cause mm-hmm. like what things around you cause you to dig deep and say I'm gonna start a podcast I'm gonna do this I, I definitely think our listeners could hear more about your healing journey so my healing journey definitely began with me just trying to enjoy life again you know I went to Spain by myself I got to, I'm somebody who loves to go to museums. I love to travel. I've traveled with this person and it was always a horrible experience where we ended up fighting and arguing. So I think traveling by myself for the first time and just doing things on my own pace and, you know, going to the museums and appreciating life and the beauty for what it really is besides our little bubbles that we have kind of started me on my own healing journey. And then once I got back, I was just like, started spending more time with my children, spending more time with my family. You know, those who really know me and appreciate me, because for my kids to have told me at that time that, Mom, we don't even recognize you. Oh, wow. That hurt. You know, that hurt a lot. And them saying, you didn't really spend, when you were dating him, you weren't spending time with us. You weren't. And I didn't realize that my focus head went from my children to him. And it, it was like, 
10% them and 90% this person and me constantly trying to make this person happy instead of valuing my kids who are going to be around for the rest of my life. You know, these are the people that I have to, I'm raising in this world. And that kind of like, once I was like off that bad, horrible situation, it opened up my eyes a lot more. And then me just appreciating life and then speaking to other women who've been in the same situation or similar situations, um, just wanted me to start this journey. And it's really helped me because I feel like I've gotten back to me. I used to love to read books all the time, spending my evenings reading, watching a good movie. And I started doing that again. I hadn't read a book the whole entire time I was with this person. I'm like, damn, right? I used to read well, like- you're dr- Because you're out late drinking, because you're at a damn exactly. dart bar. From my situation, or, I don't know where you guys went, but- In same- my house. That's all we oh, ever did God. was in my house. Not even, he couldn't go out with me. That's why. Because I would always flirt with people with my eyes, apparently. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm not allowed to look at anybody. But once I started doing things like that again, reading my books, just watching a good movie that I love, just spending time with myself is what I started doing more. I, I wasn't even going out with friends and things, just hanging out at home alone, sipping on some wine, reading a good book. That just helps yeah. me like understand, you know, I didn't need that. I didn't, you know, that's not who I was. That's not what I wanted out of my life to spend the rest of my life drunk under the influence 24 right. seven, you know, because yeah. even our vacations, we used to drink from the airport until we got back from our trip. The whole entire time was just spent drinking, drinking, drinking. I went to yeah. Spain. I, I barely drank. The only time I drank was maybe a wine with dinner. I got to actually appreciate things and, you know, yeah. like have that zest for life again. Yeah. That, that, I, I love I love that so much. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Because a lot of times, what happens is when we're in these relationships, and I and I did it too. You start uh, there's a there's a term for it, but it's it's off the tip. I, I can't think of it right now. But it's basically almost like a delusional romanticism of time spent. And for my yep. aha moment was. I was so stuck on, oh my gosh, we could have so much fun wherever we were together, all these historical sites and blah, blah, blah. But then it occurred to me, it's like, well, wait a minute. I came up with those ideas of going to the different historical sites here. I came up with the idea of going to like an aquarium. If it were left up to him, and I'm sure if it were left up to your guy, it would just be... For me, it would be a damn dart yep. bar and drinking. And for you, it would just be drunk no matter what. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, every time we went so on a powerful. trip, it was my, me planning. Yeah. It was always yeah. me planning on my dime. And, you know, and like like you said, if it was up to them, we'd just be drinking in my house the whole entire time. He'd already yeah. come here drunk, bring another bottle. Oh, have a shot. Have a shot. Let's just... And, you know, I'm like, no, now, now I feel it's not, I don't feel like I'll ever, not that I'll say I won't ever be fully healed. I know it's a process. It does take a lot of times. There are a lot of ups and downs that I think people don't realize are going to happen. You're going to have those moments where you're going to be like, wow, I kind of miss that person. But then you have to really think about it is. Do I just miss the good time or do I really miss that person or do I miss the fact of just having a companion with me? 
Right. Yeah. And, and, I, and think I think it's more of missing the companionship. <laughs> and once you're able to separate that, everything just changes, doesn't it? Um, like for me, I love that you went to Spain by yourself over this past summer. I went to the mountains by myself and it was just so amazing. And, and the same thing, I maybe had like one or two drinks the whole time I was there, just a glass of wine, looking at the mountains and just really taking it in. And I think that was my aha moment of, well, wait a minute, like all these things, wanting to take in nature, beauty, literature, all these mm-hmm. things that we were before that person, that was all my idea. It wasn't, they never came up with, you know, a, yeah. events and things to do of that nature. So yeah, I, I think once you get to the point of not glorifying the good times as, oh my gosh, I'm never going to find anyone who just has so much fun. I, I think you can mm-hmm. move forward, but, but I also yeah. want to touch on what you, what you said too, about that loneliness It is very valid and it's okay to have low days. I think it's okay to have days of, man, I really would love to have a partner and I would love to do this with someone, but where I think it shifts and I feel like where it shifted for you is I'm not going to settle though. I'll sit with the loneliness Mm -hmm. and sit with that as opposed to being in this nonsense of being someone's damn mom again. (laughs) Right. That's honestly exactly. I'm at a point where I'm okay with my loneliness. Like on the nights that I don't have my kids and it's just me alone in my home. I actually value that now. Mm -hmm. I value that peace and that time that I feel like I can regenerate and I can do what I really want to do. Cause sometimes with the kids at home, it's, it's still a little hectic. My life is hectic, but it's a good hectic. It's a hectic that I wouldn't trade for anything in this world. I don't want to go back to being with that person that that was beyond hectic. That was just mental. Yeah. But when I do have these nights alone, my kids are with their dad. I'm kind of just like, all right, let me take this time to clear my mind to meditate, to just, you know, reevaluate things, go over what's happening. And I feel like that loneliness is that time that you really do get to think about things. Because if you're constantly with people, you're constantly doing something in life, you don't really get to sit down and go over your past experiences because you do have to relive them to learn them. You do. If you don't sit there and go, oh, that night that that happened. Wow. Like it clarifies things for you. Cause sometimes I do think about things. I'm like, wow, I really let that happen. Wow. I, oh my God, what was wrong with me at that time? I, or but I never like, had the loneliness. Exactly. And when you actually sit with yourself, yeah. Well, that's again, well, the listeners won't be able to see the video, but wearing my devil ears, it's like, okay. In my mind, I actually, he made me believe I was a villain and I was this horrible person for wanting yeah. to have boundaries mm-hmm. and and do all these things because I was upset. And But then I realized it was gaslighting. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, fine, I'll be the villain. That's, that's okay with me because guess what? Yeah. I value my time. I value my sleep. I value, yeah, I mean, and, and I also value compromise and communication in a partnership. And I'm, like with you, I feel like, again, we were trying so hard to make the discard not happen to realize yeah. that people of this kind of personality, they're not capable of conflict resolution. They're not capable of communication yeah. and resolving issues. It's storming off, having a man tantrum or yeah. just, 
yeah, or just drowning their feelings. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, and always throwing the blame on you and it's because of you and the way you are. And But in your mind, when you think about it now, you're like, wow, that's not who I was. Right. Because at one point I, I was like, wow, am I really the villain in your story? Am I really that bad of a person? Even though I feel like what I'm doing is trying to make things better, make you love me more, make you stay here with me. I'm trying to, I'm sacrificing my own well-being to make you happy. I'm putting my happiness aside so you can be happy. And that makes right. me the villain. All right, go ahead. I'll be right. that villain. Tell yeah. tell whoever you want your 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 side of the story. Yeah. And my either either, either my villain. Mind. Well, well, they're too much of a coward to say villain, powerful woman. They want to. They what they will do is paint you as unstable and oh, like yeah. like for me, there was one woman. time. Oh yeah, he pulled me aside and said, "Well, I looked up on the computer what I think is wrong with you, and I think I think you have borderline, and I and I think you're just and." I diagnose borderlines and the thing is honestly you can develop some of those tendencies when you're in a relationship like that you do feel like you're yeah. losing it but when I was that was kind of a moment for me of just really you're really trying to make me as this unstable yeah. crazy person but 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 again but and again we we want to get rid of that shame because yeah, you yeah. people do have anxiety and they do have moments and they do have things that you need to work on to be better. I know I do, but yeah. the issue with people like that is they weaponize all your insecurities. If they know you mm -hmm. have anxiety or attachment issues, they will weaponize that against you and yeah. make sure that you know. Yeah. Did you find that was the I case know, my, as well? I did like that. That was the case. You know, I do suffer from bipolar disorder. And, you know, I was very upfront with him in the beginning yeah. about it. But I had been at a point in my life where I've learned to control it, to understand right. when my emotions are going up and my emotions are going down. But I think, you know, the more we were drinking and sometimes our conversations would get intense or when he was about to discard me again, he would always call me crazy. Oh, you're just being crazy. I think you're crazy. And I'm like, I know I am crazy. I have my own issues, but this is not why I'm acting out this way. You're telling me all these things that are false. Cause he used to say a lot of, um, well, I never said that. I didn't do that. I'm like, yes, you did. I'm not, I'm not making this stuff up. Where would I make this stuff up? You know, I will never forget a story. He told me in the beginning of our relationship that he had an argument with one of his cousins because he slept with his cousin's wife and his mom was mad at him. Um, a year later, I had brought that conversation up again. He's like, what's wrong with you? I never said that. I would never do something like that. I'm like, oh, why would I make that light. up? Wow. I, I even, I even told my sister about this story. And I even, after that, I, I went to her. I was like, did I tell you that when me and him first started dating? She's like, yeah, you told me that's what was going on with him at the moment. I'm like, okay. Cause he's saying that I made this all up out of nowhere. Like I pulled this idea out of the, the air and started fighting with me that night. I'm like, why would I make that up if you didn't tell me that? You know, one time right. he called me by his ex-wife's name and I told him about that. And he was like, I never did that. I'm like, how do you think I know your ex-wife's name? Because you called me that one night. In the beginning of our relationship, you called me her name one time. 
which is another red flag I should have seen. Well, it's that's I mean that's pure gaslighting. I mean that's that's all yeah. that's textbook gaslight. I mean that's it's mm-hmm. based on the 1940s film or 30s, but yeah, basically systematically trying to quote unquote make you crazy, like make yep. you start doubting your reality, make you start doubting, and that's why it's so evil and and sinister which is where i always say from a therapist and you really have to watch these cluster b personality disorders whether it's narcissism antisocial because i mean i'm just gonna spill it right here the prognosis is not good it's really not i mean you can treat depression you can treat anxiety you can treat bipolar with a lot of different things but with a personality until they're ready to do the work it's, mm-hmm. it's it's a lost cause, and I hate to say that, but it is until someone is ready, and you all you really just have to be very careful with these types of personalities out there, especially when you're vulnerable, and especially when yeah, um, you know you do have something whether it's bipolar disorder or anxiety or depression. Unfortunately, those personalities will exploit you, and they will they'll use that against you. Or for me, yeah. being a people pleaser, anxiously attached. I mean, he very much, I, there was one time, and, and again, this is very subtle, but I look at it now that he was just, just trying to get to me. We were at a a, um, a Chinese restaurant one time, and this is when he was, you know, in the process of supposedly moving here and this, and we we opened a fortune cookie and he his was something like, I don't, I forget what it was, but it was something about moving somewhere. And he was like, Oh, you better not read that. You might not like that. I'm like, but, and I look at that now, he he was saying he was just teasing, but, but he knew like, you know, the anxiously attached Mm -hmm. issue. He was very much wanting to get a rise out of me. You look at that now. Oh, I see that now. My ex would send me a lot of reels on Instagram and some of them were like in regards to um, women being crazy or why men cheat and things like that. Who goes, oh, I, I just thought it was funny. I'm like, no, you're sending an underlying message and you're saying it's just a joke. I'm like, it's not a joke. Like you seriously think some of these things sometimes. I'm like, and I've even, you know, like a big thing for me with like, you know, that I've learned with narcissists. I'm not saying it's all religious people. But he would, you know, use the excuse of Jesus got him. That's why he's okay with doing everything he's ever done in his life. Oh, wow. And he would send me religious quotes. And, you know, I'm like, you're trying to hide behind religion. I'm like, have you ever actually read the Bible? Do you understand religion? Because, all right, you can do bad. But if you continuously do bad, because I know I'm not the only woman you've ever hurt. I've spoken to other women you've dated. I've spoken to the mother of one of your children, none of whom ever had anything nice to say, even his own mother and sister. I'm like, but then you hide behind religion thinking it's okay to continuously treat people this way. I'm like, if you continue to do it, God is not very forgiving at the end. Right. Like you can't use that. Clearly, clearly you don't have the intellect to even read the principles of the Bible. I mean, that's just basic Mm -hmm. intellect. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, the, and they often do. They will often hide behind any sort of mask. Any, well, I'm, for, yeah. for me, 
the longest time his thing was, well, I'm just a commitment phobe and no one understands me and da da da. And of course Mm -hmm. me being the people pleaser at the time, I I ate it up. It's just, Oh, and, and that's where it does get, I, I talked about this on a, on a, as a guest today on a podcast about sometimes our own egos get in the way and, you know, we all have moments where we're assholes. We do. We have asshole moments and we, we have egos, but this is different than people on this spectrum of a personality disorder. We all have traits that we have to work on sometimes, but, but back Mm -hmm. to what I was saying about the ego of it, it became almost like, Oh, wow. I got Peter Pan to commit. Like I got him. He finally chose me. And Having being out of it now, I had to sit with my own ego and say, wow, this is what it was. Like, he basically told me from the start that he was going to discard me. So, and that's, that was going to be my segue of like the questioning for you. You know, you were saying you were getting back to yourself and and back to who you were. Um, What kind of things would you say to our listeners going forward when they're dealing with these things, what kind of inner work would you say would be helpful to them? Like what helped you? I would definitely say take time to yourself, get to know yourself again, because at that moment you think you know who you are, but that's not really who you are. You've been manipulated. You've been gaslighted. You've been tricked into thinking sometimes that you're someone else that you're completely not. Go back to your old roots. Like what we were saying when we were, me and you were chit-chatting about watching the things with the 90s, the Milli Vanilli. Yes, I love so. watching that stuff because I'm like, oh my God, I miss, it's so nostalgic. And I'm like, I miss those days. I was happy. Yes. I was loving this time in life. Do things like that again. Watch something. Listen to some old music. I've been on my old like 2000s, reggae hip-hop uh dance music every time i'm in the car and i'm like you know i miss when i used to just dance and have a good time and enjoy life this is who i am you have to like reintroduce yourself to yourself yeah to know what you loved prior because you were at a point that you think you were in love you think that you knew better that this is you and this is what your life was going to be looking like forward. Because I was like, man, if I am with this man, I have to deal with this for the rest of my life. Am I ready for this? Am I, am I prepared to change who I am to be like this for that person? You know, and the manipulation, it does wonders. These people are like magicians. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. When you, but when you sit back and like I said, take the time to get to know yourself again. Sit down, read an old book that you that you used to love reading. Watch an old TV show again. Bef- something you watched before you met that person. You know, my my show was um, Desperate Housewives. I loved yeah. that show. Something that's just yours. <laughs> something that's just yours that back then brought you joy that before you met that person gave you a little bit of oomph in life. Whatever you used to do. I used to go rollerblading all the time. I've been rollerblading again. And I'm like, wow, I I missed this. I've been going to the gym again. I'm like, wow, I missed this. I stopped going to the gym when I was dating him because he'd be like, oh, you're just staring at guys in the gym. So I'm like, to avoid conflict, I won't go work out. Now I'm in the gym again and I love it. I'm like, man, this is who I was before I met this person. And now I'm a better person than I was before. I'm, I'm wiser now. 
I'm loving myself more. You have to build your own self-confidence. You can't look for it outward. It has to be inwards. Yeah. And that's honestly the best advice I can give anyone because it's the experience you go through is very traumatic. It is. It, it's extremely traumatic. And if unfortunately you can't find your own self-love, you're never going to fully or start that journey to heal from that experience. Because right. remember, these people, they take you all the way down and they dig your, oh, yeah. you, you sit deep down in a ditch. But you have to oh, realize yeah. sometimes when you hit rock bottom, the only place you can go is back up. Right. Oh, yeah. They, oh, yeah. I think you and I talked about that with just chit chat. Like, I always picture yep. the, the freaking Saddam Hussein statue from the early 2000s <laughs> during the Iraq war, the, pulling the damn statue down, literally. And that's what they're yep. doing to you. Like, they mm-hmm. pull you, they, they, they build you up so high, which, Again, I'm all about building people up, but it it does the love bombing does get to the point of delusion with them because they want you to feel yeah. like he would always tell me all the time, my super hot girlfriend, you're a goddess and this. And of course that's wonderful and that feels good. But again, mm-hmm. the more I looked at it, it was like, okay, well, I appreciate that you think I'm attractive, but what else about me do you I mean, what like do you like my work? Like how I interact with other people? What do I do? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, be very careful with that. But yeah, that idea of just pulling the statue down to nothing. But but when you're down there, like you were saying, Alex, you can only go up. There there is no other there's no other place to go. And with this experience, yeah, I definitely don't believe you. And I'm hoping that for all of our listeners, don't ever get to that point of being pulled down like a damn statue again because you you built yeah. the foundation yourself like you you built your own roots like you were saying get back to what you love the shows the music cuz you were here first before this person ever came into your life yeah so yeah i mean that's why you have to think that way because sometimes you get so used to that person that you feel like this is what your life is like or has been like the whole time and I have those moments and I stop and when I start getting sad or I think about it. I'm like, no, 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 no. I lived 30 years before I met this person. Right. What makes me think that I can't live the rest of my life without them? You were only a blip in my story. You're the reason why I'm only going to go up higher now instead of lower. Because they yep. try to just keep you at that plateau where your life is just meaningless and void and you're not going to really go anywhere and this is what you have to deal with no one has to deal with anything like that you we don't owe them anything either because sometimes i feel like they feel like we owe them something because they've love bombed us and you know tried to be there our protectors and providers and no no i didn't owe you anything in life no Absolutely not. And I'm sure that was very much manipulated. Like mine was, well, I'm moving all the way over here because of you and for you. And I'm thinking to myself, no, the reason why I got seriously involved with you is because you were going to move to this country anyway. Like that, that was your goal. So I said, okay, well, maybe I can start getting involved now. But, but I knew it immediately turned it around to, um, Whenever we would have an argument, well, I'm willing to move here just for you. It's like, well, I made was actively being 
I was being proactive of saying, well, no, you need your other stuff. You can't just move here for me. Are you happy? I was constantly checking in with him, but yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So that's um, how they make my favorite. Exactly. Exactly. So um, I will put the link to your show and your Instagram in um, the show notes, but where, where can people find you, Alex? And, and again, like, if you can kind of summarize, I know we talked about it at the beginning of the episode about what can they expect from your podcast and where they can find you. So my podcast is all about teaching people really how to date the proper way, how to, you know, before you put yourself back out in this dating world, especially after you've experienced something like this, how to realize the red flags, how to take accountability for your actions and the way you talk to people, the way you treat people, you know, when we're going out on a first date, have respect for yourself and let that person respect you as well. Um, I want people really to, you know, I feel like everybody's so expendable now, especially on these dating apps. We don't take anybody serious anymore because I can just quickly swipe right. I can ghost you. We're all human beings. We all have feelings. And I want everybody to understand that and relay that. You know, it's just, it's a, being on a dating app is like a constant discard. You get your hopes up, (laughs) swipe left. Get your hopes up, I'm going to ghost you. You know, and it's just, it's a sad world that we live in that we can just think that people are so dispensable without really trying to get to know somebody. You know, a lot of people have fake intentions on dating apps. Oh, yeah, I want a long-term relationship. No, you just wanted to hook up, but you're lying to me already from the get-go and telling me that's what you wanted. So my intentions is to try to get you to get to know you on a different level. So that's what my podcast is about. It's just trying to open up that platform of what we really don't speak about what's going on in the dating world, because that's the first step in a relationship is dating and getting to know somebody. We're all judging each other. It's basically judging a book by its cover. Right. But when you open that book, you really want to get to know the book and actually read the book, not just stay on that first page. And then that's it. Throw the book away because it does a lot of emotional and mental damage to people Like me, I had to take a break from the dating apps because I'm like, I'm becoming mentally exhausted from this. It's just wearing me down. And it's another form of, of this mental exhaustion that I don't, I don't want in life. You know, like I am saying, I'm trying to, at this point now, value my peace and understand myself before I can jump into there. And a lot of people aren't ready and they're just throwing themselves into the sea. Right. Yeah. That that's definitely important doing that inner healing work and just make sure you are ready. Cause I, wow, that, that phrase you just said hit me. Yeah. It's like a constant discard, but when you've been through a really major discard with a personality like that, with someone you were in love with, I feel like, and you, I hope you agree with me, the dating apps or like the dating world will become, I mean, it's still painful, but it becomes a little bit easier because it's like, okay, I can handle rejection because I love myself and I'm sure in myself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, So yeah. And so on Instagram, the handle is what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah. (laughs) Right. 
That's right. Really I, I, yes. I just love that title so much. I, that's when I submitted to your show. I said, I, that is what the fuck was I thinking? I love it. <laughs> the thought you constantly have sometimes in those situations and in the dating world, I'm like, what the fuck am I thinking right now? But all right. Gotcha. But thank awesome. you so much for having me on here. I, I love you so much. You've become an important part in my life. I love our talks. I love our discussions. Like I said, this is a part of my healing process. I'm going to leave here like beaming right now because letting this out and speaking it with somebody that's been in a similar experience as me just makes me feel whole again. It makes me feel human. It makes me love life again. The fact that, you know, there's people out there who want to help each other this like i said this is an amazing community and yeah thank you for joining as well well and and again so i will close with this i mean alex i will say the same to you that's why i wanted you to be on my show first thank you so much for um letting me share my story with you and it was the same thing like i felt so lonely and especially knowing that I'm a therapist and I, I should know how to deal with this and I should know how to do all this. I, I, I discussed this um, with another guest of um, personality disorders. It's kind of brushed over in school. They're not really talked about. So when they, when you yeah. get hit with it, like with your case, I think a covert narcissist like mine, it knocks you on your ass. Cause you don't, it's like, what just happened? What is this? And your brain chemistry honestly changes and we have to acknowledge that. So thank you so much for your platform. Thank you. I'm I'm so thankful for you being a part of my life now too and your community and your podcast. And thank you so much for being here. And life definitely looks a lot better on you after discard. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it.